This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We waited too damn long to get to a Baltimore Ravens week. I don't want to wait until December again to do this. Give me it in the beginning of November. Give me one in October. Tom, there Three were... months without a Ravens game, and now all of a sudden we're looking at two of them in four weeks? Do I can't do it. That's too much Ravens. Do you remember? I think it was 2011. It was a bad game. The Steelers lost like 35-7, to but it was opening week. Against the Ravens. Steelers in Baltimore, 35-7 to Baltimore. That might have been the last time the Steelers lost to the Ravens. I'm kidding, of <laughs> course, but it's a four-game winning streak right now for your Pittsburgh Steelers. The longest winning streak in this series history, and mind you... This team didn't exist until 1996 when they mm-hmm. became the Baltimore Ravens. From Cleveland. Correct. But the second time a team's left Cleveland to yes. start elsewhere. But uh, the first time, I was thinking, I got confused. <laughs> Baltimore Colts You're was what I was thinking of yeah, when the yeah, first yeah, move. Yeah, There's yeah. too many moving parts when it comes to Baltimore. Right. But the f- longest winning streak experienced by either side in this rivalry is Eight? five by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they've done that a couple times. This win yeah, would match with another chance to, by the end of 2022, have the longest winning streak against your biggest rival in the history of the rivalry dating back to 1996 when they became a team in the league. So and It's not impossible either. Think about how weird that is, though. Past few years in Steelers football— Ain't exactly been covered in glory mm-hmm. like the years beforehand mm-hmm. when Ben's in his prime and the killer bees right. are running. You split almost every time with them back when you were, you know, fully functioning death star of a team, of an offense, and a contender for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now you're kind of spinning your tire a little bit. The last couple of years you had a, an injured Ben, an older Ben. He's got one last ride left in his tank. Yeah, sure, 2020 they go on a crazy hot start, but then they kind of sputter at the end. In 2021, it's just that last ride for the Cowboy. Does he have enough in the tank to get us to the playoffs? And it turned out he did. Yet those are the two years when you're dominating your rival, when you're beating the Ravens back-to-back times. And now they're set up to, once again, add to that winning streak. And I think that this is a game that I look at, and I'm sure that if you went back in the Wayback Machine, looked at the games in 2020, the games in 2021, there might be one that you said, oh, yeah, this is a pretty winnable game. This might be the most winnable game of the most recent four-game winning streak, the five-game stretch, including this one between Um, these two teams, that I think the Steelers can win. I am very, very nervous with how confident I am in the Steelers in this game. Because there's really never Never confidence in a Ravens-Steelers game. No matter how good a Steelers team is or how good a Ravens team is. Ryan Mallett could be playing quarterback, and we know that it's not a guaranteed Do you remember how confident the Steelers were? That was like a Week 16 game, I believe. And the Ravens had already won earlier that year. I believe, Tom, that was the Mike Vick year where Mike Vick played a quarterback in the first meeting way back in, like, October. And it was the I said it's a Mike Vick game. It was the Mike Vick slash, uh, who was the kicker? Josh Scobie. Josh Scobie. Before Chris Boswell Scobie came Scobie dooby-doo. Lost, essentially lost the Steelers that game. But, yeah, I mean, Ryan Mallett could be playing quarterback. And, and even though you were confident against Ryan Mallett, you still lost that game. And then you lost, I mean, you got swept by the Ravens that year. So there's really never a reason to be overly confident. Even if it's uh, Tyler Huntley playing instead of Lamar Jackson, a lot of people give the Ravens a lot of credit for having possibly the best backup for their system at, at quarterback whenever their starter goes down. Mm. I'll mm. push you on that one a little bit. 
they do have a quarterback that makes it possible for them to not change anything with right. the offense. Okay, but he's not a good quarterback, dude. No, but he fits the system. People well. overrate him, I think, because of how well he fits the system. Talking about Williamson last night, uh-huh. watch the game on Sunday. Every pass is at the line of scrimmage. He averages hey, an abysmal average he's depth just of target. He, he can just, be mobile, right? And all of his passes are bubble screens or just getting mm-hmm. the ball into playmakers, quote-unquote. They sure. don't have many in Baltimore's offense. No, 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 Lamar. no. It's really just dump it off and hope that someone makes a big play. He really doesn't inspire any fear in me at all. Yeah, he's a runner. He had 41 yards on the ground against Denver last week when he came in against them when Lamar got hurt and he scored the only touchdown of the game, the game winner for them uh, via his legs. Last year, between Week 11 and Week 18, he averaged somewhere around like 51 yards per game on the ground. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to stop the quarterback run aspect of the game, but it's so much easier when it's him and it's not Lamar. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like defending the Ravens' offense, but they're in slow motion this time. The Steelers went up against... Each quarterback, right, last year. Lamar Jackson first in Pittsburgh, and then in week seven, or rather 18. week 18, it was Tyler Huntley, and they still came away with a win there in overtime. So the Steelers are, and as Mike Tomlinson in his press conference yesterday, the Steelers are no strangers to Tyler Huntley. Isn't it amazing how much a backup quarterback has weighed into this this series, too? In, in Does it really memory? surprise you, given Lamar... And, like, who Lamar is, his style of play, and his risk of injury. No, but just on the macro level, I mean, Charlie, sure. the Charlie Batch game is fresh in everybody's Right, mind. yeah, yeah. We just talked about Ryan Mallett. I think there was another game where Dennis Dixon had to come in and battle against the Baltimore Ravens and, and take them to overtime, I think. And RG3 beat the Steelers in 2019 in, in, in the Duck and Mason year, right, yeah. When they had a decent, not a decent, but they needed things to go right and them to win a to chance. get into the they playoffs. A chance, sure. They lose to RG3, like... For whatever reason, even prior to Lamar getting here, backup quarterbacks for both sides have had their fair share of say when it comes to this series. And this upcoming matchup's no different as Tyler Huntley is clearly going to get the start for the the Ravens. Yeah, Another backup in the fold. It's no different. And I think to that point, the Steelers are at an advantage. I'm not saying throw all the money you have on the Steelers' money line, but I think they're, they are at an advantage because, A, they play... Lamar Jackson better than any other NFL team out there. Without a, without a doubt, the best team at stopping him. And they, I mean, But sure. their sample size is also bigger than every team save two others in the league. Save two others, but they still do significantly better than those other two. Yeah. I mean, I know the I know Burrow and company torched them on Last offense, year. but that didn't, they didn't essentially just shut down Lamar on defense like the Steelers were able to do. They just have, they just have such a high-powered offense that can out-duel Lamar. And what's weird about it is it's not like the Ravens' offense doesn't get their numbers against the Steelers. You remember in 2020, there was that game where they almost touched like 300 yards on the ground, but the Steelers still won the game? Like That's not the non-COVID game. The one that didn't... It, COVID year, but the one that stayed on the schedule when it was right. not the Right, the one Thanksgiving that wasn't Day delayed game. by six no. days. No, right. it was okay. the earlier one in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Spillane had the pick six mm-hmm. against Lamar yes, Jackson. Yes, Like, they'll still run the ball on the Steelers' offense or defense, but it's almost like the Steelers are just accepting it, bending, not breaking, mm-hmm. letting them kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns off of it. So it's not exactly like, oh, this Steelers, every time they play the Ravens, they're like the the 85 Bears stopping the run. You can't even move on them. They'll get their numbers, but for whatever reason, it's just not as effective. It doesn't translate to 
uh, more points on the board against the Steelers as opposed to the 31 other team or 30 other teams, excuse 30, me, that the yeah. Ravens end up playing. And I think a lot of that has to do with you see him a lot. You mm-hmm. see him twice a year. You know, a lot of people have a theory that the more you see Lamar and that incredibly unique style of play, the better equipped you are to stop it. That's why you see him play against NFC teams sometimes, and they're just lost right. because they, they there's an NFC team that might not have even seen him yet. It might be their first meeting with him when they end up even playing though the Ravens. he's been in the been league, league for since three, 2018. Four years. Yeah. yeah. So when you get a familiarity with that offense and that player, I think it helps you so much more because he is so unique that you almost need reps against the actual thing to really figure out how to defend it. Like, you can put a safety in at quarterback in practice and have him run the Lamar Jackson offense. Mm-hmm. You can you know, sign a mobile quarterback off of the street to be Lamar that week. You'll never, Recreate ever, it, yeah. ever find field. a recreation unless you can get in a time machine and grab prime Mike Vick to come back and run your practices. And mm-hmm. even then... He might not be as explosive as a runner as this guy is. But to the Ravens' credit, like in the past, they had RG3, right, as Lamar's backup. Now they have Tyler Huntley. Neither guy nearly as good, but for their benefit, right? They just, they don't have to, if the quarterback goes down, right? We remember in the prime of Ben's career when Ben Roethlisberger went down with, uh, I believe it was a, 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 a hand or knee injury when he, he had to be sidelined a couple of games when Landry Jones came in, right? The, the Landry Jones and Mike Vick year. Steelers had to change their playbook up entirely, even though they had Le'Veon Bell, even though they had Antonio Brown. I mean, think about that. That first game where Le'Veon Bell came back against the Chargers, Le'Veon Bell was taking snaps under center. Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell was taking snaps out of the shotgun. That would never happen if Ben Roethlisberger was healthy and able to be on the field. Ben would never allow that. The team would just have no reason to do that because you would just take away a quarterback, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. So to the Ravens' credit, they they are at an advantage, whereas other teams would probably have to do a lot to make up for the loss of a quarterback. They, I mean, sure, the, the disparity of talent between Lamar and whoever the backup is is significant, but they're able to kind of get by uh, – kind of idly without Lamar Jackson. It's just now in crunch time, now we're entering week 14. Is it coming at a possibly really bad time of the season? Yeah, I think that's valid. Steelers are a three-point favorite right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's obviously has to do a little bit with Lamar being injured. I think when the line first opened and it was kind of up in the air. More even. I think it was Ravens minus one, yeah. something like that. Now it's Steelers minus three. But the interesting thing, and Tim Benz pointed this out to me on a, a Bet Rivers podcast that we did together yesterday. The Ravens, or the Steelers, excuse me, at minus three are plus 110. Usually you don't get plus money on a spread like that. It makes me wonder, are they trying to goat people into taking the Steelers minus three, making it sexy, like, hey, not even a little juice here, you get plus, plus money. Because if you buy down to two and a half, which uh, do Steelers Ravens games ever come down to field goals? Does that does that happen ever? I, I don't think I've seen it. Well, just in my think lifetime. it might. It could happen. And if it does this Sunday, you want to buy that down to two and a half. Steelers mm-hmm. win on Matty Wright's toe, or maybe Boswell will be back by. by the I game. I heard that he, he could be he back. Probably is going to be back. Yeah. So this is his, at least this is his first week. That he's eligible to be. back. He's back to practice now. Yeah. He's got the the the. The clock has started on the three weeks of if you're not activated, you're done for the year for Chris Boswell. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, games come down to people's toes more than their arms or their hands or their legs a lot in this series. So if you wanted to buy that down to two and a half to make you feel better, that's going to cost you money. It's minus 120 all of a sudden. So <laughs> I always like to read the tea leaves when it comes to Vegas. I think that they can be very telling. Obviously not always 100% right, but very telling on how they think a game is going to go, and for the most part they are right. And that just strikes me as... Uh, they want a lot of people to lay those three points because mm-hmm. they know whoever wins this game is going to be by two by one. It just seems that that's always the case with this this series is that it comes down to a kicker making a 50-yarder to go up by one with 10 seconds left and the game's over. So I, I just the, – the vibe I'm getting from the line, the vibe I'm getting from the juice is buckle up. This is going to be another close one score. Even game. if the Ravens don't have their starting quarterback – it's still going to be a close game. Well, what game. do you do in these rivalry games? You take the records, you crumble them up oh. in the balls, and you throw them right out. It doesn't matter who's playing a quarterback. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what kind who. of winning streak you have against you the other team. You just hate yeah. that other team. There is right. a hatred of that other team. I still think, And the coaches um, have been around long enough to even new players in the fold. They know what time it is based on the vibe that they've built in that culture. You kind of stole the point I was going to make. I still think even though... The Ed Reeds and the Heinz Ward and the Bens and and the Ray Lewis's and the Troy Palomalos, the James Harrisons, those players are all gone. And that maybe the peak of the rivalry is gone, but I still think the Ravens and Steelers consider themselves the best rivalry in football still to this day. Yeah, it's not at the point to where, you know, back when you were ever, they were both Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Like they, they met in the playoffs multiple times, AFC Championship game. Right. We all remember in Pittsburgh, Troy Polamalu housing Joe Flacco, uh, one of the best, the best play in the series history mm-hmm. in my mind. And there's a laundry list of great plays. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not exactly at that point where you're looking at two teams that could win the AFC playing each other. In fact, I don't think either team warrants Super Bowl contender no. worthiness if right not, now. If not just playoff contender. Just yeah, I making mean, the, a deep run. The Ravens have just looked abysmal as of late, so they have fallen way off of that you know, contender-type tier, mm-hmm. could win a couple playoff game-type tier as far as I'm concerned. So neither team really has that you know, cachet about them, yet you can still feel the importance when it comes to this game just for the bragging rights over that other city, over that other team. But at the same time, you know, there's desperation on both ends of the ball for different reasons other than just to beat the Steelers or mm-hmm. to beat the Ravens. Uh, yeah, the Ravens have won five of their last six games, but they've looked terrible doing it. They barely beat the Broncos. They lose to the Jaguars. They barely beat the Panthers. I mean, it's been a struggle for them in recent weeks, and now their quarterback's gone. So they need to desperately get a win and look good doing it, feel comfortable doing it. And for them, they need to get out to a lead and not blow it because they blow so Uh. many leads in Baltimore. So that's what they're uh, riding with in this game. And then the Steelers, you know, Labs and and Prasuda on uh, Agree to Disagree. Give that a listen, by the way, if you haven't yet. Uh, Great podcast that they do every week. They were talking about how they're not back in it, the Steelers, but they're not dead yet either, and that's exactly where they are. You know, no, they. You look at every every sports site, sports television uh, program or, or or channel in the hunt. Even though they're at they're the bottom, there. they're there. Yeah, if you looked at the heart monitor for them, it would be a flat line, a flat a line, blip. a flat line, a flat line, a flat line, and then a boop, a and then a blip. flat line, and then yeah. a flat line, and then a boop. 
So just barely hanging on. But the more you stack these wins, the stronger that heartbeat gets. And we'll get to this if we get to that point. You know, when you get to 500, if you get to seven and seven, and if the Steelers beat the Ravens at home this week, like Vegas thinks they should, and like we both think they should, you're staring at the Carolina Panthers. Granted, on the road, and they have gotten up for some games this year and beaten some teams. They have four wins. It's not like you're playing the Texans when you play Carolina. Mm-hmm. But another game where you'll be favored in Vegas and a very winnable game that would make you 7-7. Seven and seven. Once you get to 7-7 seven and seven, with three games left in the season, you're very much alive. Things might have to break your way as well as you continue winning. But if you can get to 7-7, seven and seven, if you can get back to 500 then it's game on. And the first step to doing that is this week. So both teams have big stakes to play for. Ravens just need to get back on track and try to re-solidify their playoff ground. They're winning the North right now, but it is the shakiest lead that you could possibly have. And then the Steelers just need to get back to 500 to, to get their season alive for real. The only concern I would have is... I, I'm I, I am concerned equally for well not really equally but I am more concerned of the Ravens' grip or, or grasp on the AFC North division title than I am for the Steelers' chances of making it to the playoffs. Right, I think the Steelers have a greater chance of making it to the playoffs than I think the Ravens have of winning that division. One thing that the Ravens, Do you agree? Uh, yes, but one thing that the Ravens have going for them right now, division wise, is they're undefeated in the North. So. I know that they look night and day compared to the Bengals. You know, straight up, head-to-head right now. I know the Ravens beat them earlier this year, but mm-hmm. if, I had, to Barely pick, if I had to pick them playing right now, I'd pick the Bengals to win that game. And you know what? That game Even was with in, the healthy Lamar. That game was in Baltimore. This game will yeah, now be in Get them in Cincinnati, Cincinnati for the last yeah. game of the season. Uh, but a 2-0 division record is great because that's the first tiebreaker Um when it's not head-to-head. If you right. do split that series with then it's, it's right to division. Then it's right to the division, and they're off to a good start, whereas the Bengals are 1-2 and two right, right now in the division. They've lost to the Ravens. They've lost to the Browns. Actually, they're 1-3. They've right. lost to all three, all teams, three teams, and they've yeah. only been able to you know, beat the Steelers, get one back on a team with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Now they have an opportunity to do that again, get some revenge on the Browns this week as they play Cleveland. But, yeah, I agree with you that I would put – more of an emphasis on the Bengals winning the division uh, than I would. What would you say? It was the, I said I am more confident. The, I, I am more confident that the Steelers could eventually possibly make the playoffs than I do than the, the Ravens, Ravens winning win the, the division. division. Mm, see, that's tough too because right now the Steelers' conference record is two and six, which is terrible. But if they went out, like we're saying, that that fixes itself a little and bit. And it's it's not so much I have all those confidence in the Steelers. I have so little confidence in the Ravens. Holding on to that division lead. If Lamar was healthy, I still would I still really... think the Steelers would have beat them this week. Or, oh, I'm or not, had a good I'm not sure about that, but I'm saying even if Lamar never gets hurt. There's just something wrong with that offense. There's just something oh, wrong absolutely. with that team. Even you when know, he's healthy. You know what? There's no one on the offense except for Lamar and Mark Andrews. Well, yeah, that's the other point I wanted to bring up before this episode wrapped. There is not a team in the NFL who relies more on its offensive production on one single player's shoulders than the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson. He is everything. He's their leading rusher by almost 400 yards. Yeah. He creates so much for that offense. It's just normal. Without him, 
when he's in there, it's just at a completely different level, or at least it should be, and it's been struggling lately. Maybe that's just kind of that same. Teams have been seeing him in that offense more and more. This is his fourth year in the and league now. We can, ignore, we can ignore the Gus Edwards and the Duvernays. They stink. And I mean, they can't find a good running back. No. Dobbins can't stay healthy no. to save his life. They that can't find like a, a good receiver either. They can't. They cannot. And, and the thing with the Ravens is you've had Lamar on a rookie contract now forever, and now that's going to come to an end. And they did not take advantage of that. You need to use that extra money that you have and spread that wealth around before the quarterback's mm-hmm. hit is going to be $280 million Get, a year. Make sure the pieces are there. you got to make sure that you win and, early. You know, what's, what's even crazier is that they just gave away Marquise Brown, the one he, guy they had. Because he didn't want to be there. He wanted yeah. out because of the way the offense is running. You know, that's kind of the problem that they get run that they run into when it comes to wide receivers on the free agent market. No big dog's gonna want to go there. The offense isn't conducive for wide receiver play. That's why you have to hit in the draft. You gotta mm-hmm. hold a wide receiver hostage for four or five years. And hey, you might not like our offense, you not like not might not like our system, but you gotta play in it for at least four years and you're gonna be our number one target in the passing game for at least four years. And and there's nothing you, when you're done, if you don't want to sign here and you wanna go to free agency, that's fine. But they need to nail a draft pick at that position in order to ensure that they have that top receiver locked down and he has no choice of saying, well, I don't want to go to Baltimore. They'll right. never use me. you got to make him go there. And they just keep missing uh-huh. on all these wide receivers. The only one I can think of that they— George Pickens, and they totally missed on yeah. that. The only receiver I can think of that they'd taken in a high— with a high draft pick was Bateman. He's right? on IR right now. Yeah. He was hurt all of last year. And I mean, he wasn't great as yeah, he wasn't great as a rookie. They just can't get that right. And it's so key. Like I think a running back you can get to like a stud running back, if they ever made it to the market, would want to come to Baltimore. Well, they had Mark the Ingram the and now he's back in New Orleans. He is. Mark Ingram's a little washed, but he did well for them when he, he was did there. well. Hey, he fit the system. And a running back is gonna fit into that system. But a wide receiver is just a completely different story. Uh, when it comes to what the Ravens do offensively, it's Lamar orchestrating the running game, being the leading runner himself, mm-hmm. and then it's Mark Andrews in the passing game. And, and that's, that's it, all yeah. they have. And, you know, I think we're going to sit 10 years from now, Jacob. We're going to look back sure. at this Ravens Lamar Jackson experience, and we're just going to go, man, did the Ravens front office drop the ball there. Wow, did they really screw the pooch when it comes to Lamar Jackson? Because right now, in it, it's kind of easy to be like, well, Lamar's great every week. He has a chance to keep this team alive. He has a chance to win this game on his own for this team. But when we get the benefit of hindsight and we can kind of reflect on this period once it's completely over, I mean, how can you not point to the Ravens and be like, you guys effed up? I mean, you had had a unicorn— and you just decided to get the unicorn, break it in. Now it's on your ranch. You have it in your barn, and you threw your hands up like, "Well, that's it. That's all we need. Go get two more unicorns and win a Super Bowl." Instead, you just think that this one is going to be able to carry you to the ultimate prize, and that's foolish in the ultimate team sport. It's, I, I do, th- I. You never know in the NFL, but right now, the way this season is going for the Ravens, I'm expecting it to end in a loss. And that means that you won't be winning the Super Bowl at the end. And I don't expect them to get to the Super Bowl at that point. And that's another year without Lamar Jackson, or with Lamar Jackson that he didn't capitalize. And I have no idea what's going to happen, Tom. The, the weird thing, too, about Lamar is that he chooses to represent himself. Like, he doesn't trust an agency or an agent to to who are experts in, in negotiation to help him out in any way. He just bets on himself. 
But Tom, honestly, like I know you said, like lock down the talent around him, spread that money around before we have to pay him. And it's then, too late for that now. But here's the thing, Tom: is Lamar Jackson's season even warranting a a big contract after this season? Yes. He's oh, still, dude, I don't know. Yes, he's still. They, first of all, they wouldn't be eight and four without him. They they would be. Well, in, yeah, but I I get that. But he is not. I mean, Matt people Ryan. were people were predicting him to have an MVP caliber season. Yeah, he's falling short of that. But plug way, in, but like way short. Plug in Matt Ryan. You know, pl- I'm not even saying plug in a Huntley or a total backup. Like plug in a veteran. Plug in somebody who's been around the block a few times. They ain't gonna be as good as the Ravens are mm-hmm. right now with Lamar. He carries that team, and he's been doing it more so this year. And, yeah, the passing numbers are never improving like you want them to. He's thrown some tough interceptions this year. But you got to factor in his ability as a runner, too. And he's just as elite as he ever was in that category. you got to sign him long-term still, in my mind. I, I don't think that this is a season that you look at and say, we can survive without Lamar. We'll just dust our hands of this, save all that money, get a different you know, middle, mid-quarterback, and then spread talent out around him. First of all, I'd be livid if they ended up doing that because it'd be like, why didn't you spread the talent around Lamar, you idiots? Why mm-hmm. did you just bring in a dumb quarterback to spread talent around? But still, I, I just think that maybe he doesn't get all of the money that he wanted at the beginning of the year and that he was asking for because of this season. But it is in the Ravens' best interest to lock him up for four or five years. Uh, I, I still truly believe that. I don't I, know, just because the way— They're not going to be good without him. They oh, will not be not. good without him. Do of you want to be good not. or not? No, but I'm just saying, I, th- I, I, I wonder— I mean, I know there are teams out there with more money who'd probably have more of a, a, a bank, a, a cap space to, to give Lamar the money he really wants. The Ravens do. I guess so, because they, they haven't gone out they and could have done anyone. it. Yeah, yeah they, they could have done it this year if they wanted to. I just think that, and I'm not saying it'd be a mistake, because you want you know the quarterback that you had rather than test the waters and everything. But I mean, it's a completely different scenario. But the Steelers here are kind of saying, "Oh, did we did we maybe pay Deontay a little too soon? Should we have waited one more year?" Don't you think that's different though? No, that's Lamar's just won an MVP. It's a quarterback. It's a quarterback, and it's it's an MVP. But the Ravens may look at themselves in a couple years after paying Lamar and just say, "Oh." He, I mean, he's he's falling off every year, and again, like we have not really seen a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson last very long. And I know he won the MVP, and, and all credit to him, but the 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 long term success has not been there for him, and the and that's on a career level, and that's on an individual season level when he's in what. 2018, 2019, 2020, and in four seasons he's played with playoffs available, he's won one playoff game. And, you know, even if he wins one more, that's two playoff wins in five years. If he if they make it to the playoffs this year and they win one game, I don't expect. I mean, maybe they could win a first round matchup, but I don't expect them to go into Buffalo, into Kansas City, into Cincinnati. And See, they're going to use everything you said against him as reasons to not pay him that's the money he saying. deserves. Like, I, I don't know but if it's he's... it's so ironic because it's their own fault. Right, it's their fault. It's, it's not absolutely his fault. Their fault. They're going to sit there and they're going to be like Lamar. You didn't carry us to a Super Bowl, man. Do you really deserve all that money? And if I'm Lamar, I'm like, dude, give me a wide receiver and a better running back, and maybe we will get right, a Super you, Bowl. You remember his reaction? He like tweeted out when the news broke that Marquise Brown was being traded for a draft pick uh, this past year, and Lamar just gave like the "huh" emoji. I think he did, or he it's did. malpractice. It reminds me, not to this extent, because they're still a competitive team, and I think Harbaugh is a good coach. 
it reminds me of how the Lions treated Matt, Matt Stafford, Stafford forever. Just give you here's Calvin, Calvin Johnson, Johnson and do whatever good you can. Luck. Get us and to the no playoffs. defense whatsoever. Nothing. You get we're nothing gonna draft Zavagatsu. He's gonna be really good, but then we're gonna trade him away like four or five years down the line. Yeah, you get no help from us. Just Matt, you're the number dude. You're the number one overall pick. Why aren't you? Why aren't you winning us Super Bowls? Right? Do you yeah. need help? what? What more help do you need? You're the number one overall pick. It, it kind of to an extent reminds me of that where. Mm. They're going to end up blaming Lamar. Maybe they don't sign him to his lucrative of a deal because of his playoff woes and his bad season in 2022. Bad in terms of his uh, season. In term, yeah. The standard that he set. When really the person to blame is the person looking back at them in the mirror. In five years, say he gets that deal. Say he gets like a five-year deal. Because I don't, I mean, can you really give him more than five years? Maybe four even, honestly. Just because he's been getting injured lately, And too. at the end of that four years, say... More injuries, more seasons falling short, no Super Bowl win, no Super Bowl appearances. How will the legacy of Lamar Jackson be remembered? Do you think uh, it will be a very polarizing topic? Where yeah. some people will take the side of he stinks, he's never, he was never a quarterback, he was a running back playing the quarterback position. Uh, and in my mind, those people would be ignorant. And I will be on the side of the fence that if this continues on the trajectory it is, that an organization like the Ravens had a short window because of the style that he plays with an incredibly talented player and they just completely botched it. Yeah. I mean and and they kind of and he kind of just to an extent I mean you, you can't just not only blame the organization. I mean you you go 14 and 2, you win MVP, you get home field advantage and then Derrick Henry and only Derrick Henry beats you. I mean like Lamar d- does absolutely nothing. Right, that that offense was averaging thirty points a game. Yeah, the the one averaging close to two hundred yards on the ground per game. The devil's advocate there would be first playoff game. Things get a little dicey in the first playoff game. How Joe Burrow doing his first? He playoff was game? terrible in that game though, Lamar. I mean, just that's what I'm saying. But awful. how did Joe Burrow do in his first couple of playoff games? I mean, he went to the Super Bowl. But uh, there you go. Okay, so he's not Joe Burrow. There you uh, go. So sorry for not being Joe Burrow. I mean, uh, there's about thirty other quarterbacks but, that are going to apologize to you for not being Joe. Yeah, Burrow. Yeah, I mean, it's just you win the MVP. You have expectations. Yeah. No question about it. More Ravens, more Steelers talk on the way. Definitely want to keep diving in. We got to talk about Pickens because Tomlin, you know, yeah. said some things in the press conference about Pickens. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with Mike Tomlin or not on uh, what he said. So we'll get into that Pickens spat a little bit more. Second half offense. Can it mm. please show up for once? Please. We we need it desperately. So we'll dive into that and much more in the next episode. Want to remind you that you can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere. You just say, "Hey Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart," and Alexa's going to take care of the rest for you. More Steelers Ravens talk on the way. It's Ravens week. I love it. I'm excited. I got some energy in my body because of the Ravens coming to town. Only more exciting thing that comes to town is Santa Claus. Oh. And he's coming. He's coming. But the Ravens come first, and we'll keep diving into that game. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman. This is the Steelers Standard.